Good morning and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. We are located in beautiful Uptown Columbus on the corner of 11th and 1st. We would love for you to join us for worship or just stop by and say hello. At First Presbyterian Church, we welcome you with grace and gratitude for God's love. attend to the reading of God's Word, Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is He that made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. The Word of the Lord. Please be seated. I invite those who are able to please stand for our second lesson, which comes from Isaiah chapter 6, looking at the first eight verses, and listen now to the Word of God. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of His robe filled the temple, and seraphs were in attendance above Him. Each had six wings, with two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the earth The whole earth is full of His glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. And the seraph touched my mouth, my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. And then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. The legend goes that Ernest Hemingway took a ch- accepted a challenge to write a short story in six words. And what he wrote was this. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Now, the mind goes to a sad place. I'll be perfectly honest. I create a sad story with that. But really, the story could actually go in many directions, the backstory that is. It could be that the child grew too quickly. I mean, we had one or two items that we were not able to use, quite frankly, 
we did, they got bypassed. And when you have a 10-pound baby, they're just some of those small things you can't use. So maybe it was something like that. Or maybe the shoes had been misplaced in some sort of madcap way. And so the child is much bigger, and you, know, you open a drawer and go, my goodness, how do those baby shoes end up there? <laughs> and uh, therefore never got used because the child is now five years old. I mean, maybe there's a story worthy of I Love Lucy behind it. Regardless, those words tell a story, and they make you want to know more. There's an online magazine called Smith where people can submit six-word stories of their lives. And sometimes it's a story about that moment in their life. Sometimes it's more philosophical. And sometimes it's even an autobiography. Some of the ones I came across, I still make coffee for two. 27-year-old had been dumped. It's kind of sad. This one's sad, too. Still trying to earn parents' approval. Now, this one's interesting. Rejuvenated my soul, polluted my body. And I wonder the backstory on that one. Uh, Stephen Colbert, the comedian, shared this one. Well, I thought it was funny. This one's cryptic. Her silent presence said it all. This one is triumphant. Like a phoenix, I'll be reborn. And this one is joyful. Toast to lessons learned, regrets diminished. Just in six words, you hear a story that makes you want to know more. For today, I want to look at the call of Isaiah. Look at it with six words. It's a six-word summary. Those words apply to worship as well. And finally, I want to see how those words of worship connect with our story today. I can summarize my outline in six words. Isaiah encounters, we worship, our story. Now, first, we must set the stage. And we've got a perfect six words I took right out of the Scripture. In the year King Uzziah died. For Isaiah, this is a time of great uncertainty and transition. He is an aristocrat, distant kin to the king. He is an administrator or bureaucrat. He is comfortable at court. But there is a new king in town, quite literally. Maybe one more degree removed as a cousin. What will this mean in this world, his personal world and in the world of Judah? In the middle of this unsettled chapter, he went to worship. And there God met him in an amazing way with a visit, complete with seraphs in tow. 
Isaiah's situation in six words. Aristocrat, bureaucrat, uncertain future, and hunker down. I say hunker down because I preached from this passage when I was in Virginia many years ago, entitled the sermon, Hunker Down, You Hairy Dogs. I used to do really kind of crazy sermon titles. And obviously referencing the University of Georgia and that point where there's a tough place in the game, they'll say, hunker down, let's kind of get to it. Well, to a degree, that is what Isaiah is doing. In a time of desperation, he is going to hunker down in the house of the Lord. And we have his encounter in six words. God appears, story heard, commission given. Now, I said you could do it in six words. The first one is praise. And from that, I can draw six words. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The angels fill their space with their praise of God and our hymn, Holy, 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 gets its inspiration from that. And what follows then is penitence, word two. Woe is me, I am lost. As Isaiah encounters the holiness of God, he is aware of his own shortcomings and of his people. And he says, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. And then what follows is pardon. So we have praise, penitence, and now pardon. Lips touched, guilt departed, sin blotted. Isaiah confronted his sin when he encountered God's holiness, and God showed that he was forgiven. Anne Graham Lotz, the daughter of Billy Graham, shares a humorous story that one time her parents were to be interviewed uh, in their living room, you know, the Grahams at home, to be shown on television. So Mrs. Graham and the daughters were just cleaning up the storm, cleaning up, getting everything in order to make it look, well, of course, we always live in a house this perfectly arranged. And they thought they had done a very good job. And then the television crew set up the lights And all of a sudden, they could see dust in places they never knew it existed. Didn't we dust there? Maybe not enough. And began in the great light to see they needed a little more work done in the room. I'm sure it got done. When we encounter God's holiness, at times we can be aware of our own unholiness, but we have that forgiveness. What follows then is proclamation. And these six words, whom to send, who will go? Who will hear the message? Now, you may be, if you're looking at our bulletin going, I think I see a pattern here. That's the pattern in our worship. We have praise. We have the prayer of confession, assurance of pardon. And then we have proclamation. Things have been set right that we can hear God's word. He can hear God's word knowing that he has been forgiven. I have a friend uh, who is actually from New York, but his pastoral ministry, he has served churches in Mississippi and Alabama. He said he's grateful for his Alabamian wife who has helped translate the setting for him. When he talked about meeting with people 
kind of the New York way. You just kind of walk in and you get straight to business. And she had to say, no, no, first, you got to visit a little bit. How's your mom and everybody? And maybe another topic or two. And then you get to the meat of the decision, of the meeting. But you have to have everything set just right. He has learned well. Like I said, he's still serving in the South. Now, not to say that praise and confession is like, how is your mama and everybody? But in a way, it's a sense that we need to do those things first, and then we're ready to hear the message. Praise and penitence, pardon, proclamation, and then presentation. That would be the offerings. And here we have Isaiah saying, Lord, here I am, here I am. send me. A response, a call to action. A call to action. He's, he offers himself in service. So with praise and penitence and pardon and proclamation and presentation, we then have position. I, I wanted to work with my peace. I couldn't find a better word. This would be the charge, how we position ourselves going forth. The response that we have in what follows, which we did not read, verse 9, are these six words, go and say to this people, and out he is to go. The marching orders. I graduated from the University of North Carolina, and based on a formula, once every four years, the governor of North Carolina addresses the senior class. In graduation at UNC Chapel Hill, it is the flagship of the public university system, and so supposed to be the future leaders of the state. How I got in there, I don't know. But anyway, I was there, and it happened to be my senior year that Governor Martin spoke. You know, Jim Martin, Presbyterian, by the way, uh, spoke. And he started off with a series of humorous cliches used about graduation. The different, you know, the first day of a long and eventful life and all of these wonderful things, but then talked about the challenges that we would be facing graduating, graduating the world as it was then. At the end, he said, you thought we were going to hand you a torch, and we handed you a load of burdens. Carry them well. And I liked that. Very realistic in saying, this is, the, this is your charge. You are stepping out. You're part of the adult world now. It's part of your work, too. Praise, penitence. Pardon, proclamation. Presentation, position. We see these in our worship. We'll see these today. Praise, we praise God for His character and His nature and I wrote these six words. Almighty, gracious, loving, trustworthy, forgiving, renewing. In penitence, we had our time of confession, a time to acknowledge, to admit, to agree. Think of these six words taken from 12-step groups. We admitted that we were powerless. I acknowledge, lost my temper again. 
and sometimes agree and just ask, what, Lord, what pain drives my anger? As we begin to confess that, opening up the work for God to do in us. And then we have pardon. Now to me, at least in my case, sometimes I can get so caught up in that call to confession and that prayer of confession that I forget there's a third part, that assurance of pardon. And in your bulletin, you'll find six perfect words. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And then proclamation. What is taking place now is the sermon. But also we proclaim through other elements. Scripture, music, sermon, prayers, children's message. Through all of this, the Word is proclaimed. We'll follow with our presentation. Today we've got a special offering for Thornwell. Commercial to follow, but go ahead and mention that now. In response to God's Word, people have said, Oh yes, I've heard that call to serve with VIP. Or in years past, it confirmed a call to serve in Logos. Or, I heard this Word and I need to forgive. Or I need to reconnect. Or now's the time to address that habit. Six words, special offering, regular offering, offering self. And then we will follow with the charge, that final sending, God's love, Jesus' grace, Spirit's fellowship. Now, how will this connect with our story? Well, this is November. This is the month for Thanksgiving. And, of course, working on this sermon, but I also have two activities in November. One is a kind of custom I started several years ago of listing 100 things for which I'm grateful. And I go from December 1st of the previous year up through November 30th of this year. So it will wrap up with celebrations at Thanksgiving. Now, before you get too overwhelmed, oh my gosh, a hundred things, I do define it broadly. For example, beach trip will count for one, great restaurant where we ate, nice house my in-laws rented, time at the pool, time in the Gulf, bicycling, time with family. I got six blessings right out of that one event. So I define this pretty broadly, but I will look over the year and list a hundred things. Also, Wrapping up the Christmas newsletter. I write the newsletter for the family. You all live with me, so y'all, none of y'all get it, but it's front and back. It's detailed. Uh, but it's a time to look back over the past year. In many respects, November, for me, this is my New Year's Eve review, and kind of like the church calendar, I start new December 1st. As I look back, December 2014 to today, for my life, I can honestly say I see a lot of joy, a lot of blessings. I will remember a lot from this year with fondness and smiles. Jotted notes, and I thought, huh, great highs, positive middles, small lows. 
Though another story behind it, I got to see some baseball this year. Three stadiums, five teams, great baseball. I saw the Braves twice, two different teams. That's how you get three stadiums, but five, but five teams. I want to clarify that point. But also, looking back over the past year, not where I thought I'd be. Thank goodness for contractions. They can kind of help uh, move in words. For all of us, this has been a most interesting year. And yes, I'm going to go there in terms of our church, but I also know in your own personal lives, not everything has been peaches and cream and hunky-dory. At the 845 service, became very self-conscious as I looked at other people there and some of the stories that I know and know that there things have happened that have not been good. But there's some pain out there. So what I'm saying applies to us as a church family, but feel free to apply this to your own life in your own circumstances. To set the context we had in Scripture in the year King Uzziah died, and again, to set a context, there are some positives. Others can say great joy, pleasant middles, small sorrows. Or this philosophical statement, you are blessed, enjoy every minute. For some, we've got some pondering statements. Why did this happen to us? Or why did this happen to me? Or as somebody asked me this summer, what in the world just happened? For some, it may be philosophical at this point. Not quite what we had planned. Or this one, playing the cards we were dealt. With that context in mind, we turn to praise our first word, on Christ, the solid, on Christ, solid rock, I stand. Or praise ye the Lord, the Almighty, our first hymn. Pick that one on purpose. We praise God's character. We can have six words like this. God is still good, faithful, true. God is still on the throne. And for penitence... We reflect, we can say, some can say, I can't believe I did that. Or I still hate, please forgive me. I still resent, please forgive me. I was wrong, please forgive me. For some in this honest time of reflection, the statement is, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. We can all probably say that at some point in life over issues. Or just an open way of saying, where I failed, please show me. And then we have pardon. And still, I can't top this, this set of six. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. I can't believe I did that. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. I still hate, I still resent. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. I was wrong, please forgive me. 
In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. For our time of proclamation, how we respond, or how we hear, excuse me, our only hope is Jesus Christ. Seek Lord, He will be found. What are you doing now, Lord? Perfectly good question to ask. Lo, I am with you always. When asked about, oh, and kind of the time immediately following events in the spring, here's a good summary. Elders adjust. Deacons committee. Pastors preach. Ask now, how are we doing? A message we can share. People worship. Mission happens. Leaders serve. And then we have our presentation, our offering. And how's this one? How can I serve lunch bunch? Six words. Count them. (laughs) Ways that people have responded. In fact, this past Monday, fascinating opportunity for me. I sat in with the lunch bunch, the how can I serve lunch bunch, part of that time of lunch. Then I had to go to stewardship, or I had the opportunity to go to stewardship and finance. In both settings, I saw people with their gifts and abilities saying, where is there a need? How can I fill it? And then that evening, I went to the deacons committee. You may or may not know that we have officially three deacons. But we have several deacons not currently officially serving on the diaconate who have stepped up for this year to be part of a deacons committee to make sure that that work is done. And so, meeting with the deacons committee, again, a list of what needs to be done and how is it being filled. Each person with his or her gift responding to a need that was there. And then for position, our charge, see a gap, go fill it. Go and serve in Jesus' name. All by the grace of Jesus Christ. I began with that short story in six words written by Ernest Hemingway, baby shoes for sale, never worn. And as I said, there are several sad scenarios come to mind when I hear those words and even some specific people that fit those sad scenarios, and it's, it's heartbreaking. But like I said, it could also be comical. The baby got too big too fast, The baby was just too big. Again, have a 10-pound baby. Some things just don't work out on the front end. You have to go to a larger size. And maybe they had been misplaced in some madcap adventure worthy of Lucille Ball and were found much later in a most unusual place and so were sold later. Words like that make you want to know more of the story. Today are six words for worship. 
praise, penitence, pardon, proclamation, presentation, position. But there is so much more to this story as well. In all of this, we have common threads. I want to share three here, all in six words. God is still on the throne. Jesus Christ, same yesterday, today, tomorrow. Spirit is at work here, now. And our final statement, God isn't through with us yet. Amen. Amen. 